Hey guys, welcome to Let's Talk About Sex Jamie. I'm Jamie. Um, this is an episode that I recorded before all this weird lockdown stuff happened. Um, I took a trip down to Brighton to chat to some um, cool people down there. Um, I'm talking to Calandra, who uh, runs some sex shops down in Brighton, and Lucy, who is a sex coach. Um, I love Brighton. It's a really like sex positive town and there's such a big community there of like sex workers and sex positive people and they all know each other <laughs> everyone seems to be connected somehow um and yeah it's really cool like it's something that i hadn't really experienced in london so yeah this is the first of many episodes to have come out of that trip and i hope you enjoy it um take a listen if you do share it with your friends all that shit um yeah hit us up on instagram tell us what you thought about it and yeah Enjoy. Love you. Bye. What are you afraid of? Hey, Glandra. Hi, Jamie. Um, I want to talk to you about your crazy enterprise you have in Brighton. Just Brighton? Just Soon to be the world. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, Brighton today, the world tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So what yeah. did you get up to down there? Um, so I am the Brighton sex shop lady, I guess. <laughs> I've got three sex shops that I own with my husband. Mm-hmm. Two of them are called Taboo and one is called Lust. Mm-hmm. So um, to talk about the kind of, the, the two separate brands, Taboo is a licensed adult shop. Mm-hmm. So it means it sells DVDs and it's 100% sex stuff right. in there. And Lust isn't licensed. So what that means is a percentage of it has got nothing to do with sex, mm. and we don't sell DVDs. That one is oh, okay. female-run, female-managed, definitely mm. orientated more towards women. Right. But it means, I don't know, I call it shit knacks. We sell shit knacks. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, gifts, basically. Right. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. It's yeah, my, yeah. my kind of vibe with the, the things that are sold in there, yeah. as well as sex stuff. Okay, So, like, cool. accessories, clothing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everything, all the things that you'd expect to find in a sex shop. Yeah, yeah. So you, you kind of pride yourself a bit on lust being a shop that you can accidentally find yourself in, right? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So what's, what can someone expect like as they walk through the door? What are they going to see right in front of them there? Okay. Well, it starts outside because we've got a lovely okay. big shop window. So yeah. people come in and they see like kind of uh, edgy gifts, mm-hmm. I think. You know, we love the word T-U-N-T. <laughs> you can say that. It's my favorite word. <laughs> I, didn't want it, I didn't want it to be bleeped. That's all. <laughs> Just say it's fine. So yeah, we love the word cunt, so yeah. I've put it on lots and lots of things nice. in it. <laughs> and I'm desperately trying to reclaim the word. Yeah. So yeah. we definitely celebrate that word in that shop. Mm. So we've got lots of edgy gifts in the windows. Um, they make brilliant secret Santa, you know, emergency yeah. gifts of birthdays, things yeah. like that. We sell cool homeware as well, mm. loads of different things like that. So outside it's a really vibrant window and just like, oh my God, what's this stuff? You know, mm. it really st- stands out. Mm. And then when you walk in, you're having a look around, again, more gifts, and then maybe a few more erotic novelties. Mm. So 
think a lot of people start to go, mm, hang on a minute, <laughs> what have we walked into? <laughs> Where are we? Often when, they, when they're coming with their children, because kids are allowed in the yeah. front bit, so they're like, oh, darling, I think we should go. Yeah. <laughs> but then if you go into the back room, it's a small, darker room, wall-to-wall with sex toys. Right. And then our wonderful staff, or indeed me, mm. will come and show you around. Mm -hmm. And then you go upstairs and it gets harder and harder. The more you go, we've got two more floors of sex accessories oh, okay. up there. And usually- so do, you, do you tear it of like more extreme? The higher the you go. go, it is harder, yeah, yeah. and bigger. Yeah. <laughs> so that is the way it is precisely. And then usually by the time you've reached your top floor, a few things have started to kind of fall into place. You're right. Like, mm, okay, well, my idea that was curious about this, or maybe I should get that. Okay, yeah. And you end up getting uh, a huge dildo that you didn't think, yeah. you didn't, definitely didn't go in for. <laughs> That's the plan anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when, when you're sort of showing people around, do you do you sense that in them? Because like, I, I would assume that you, you see a lot of people that are sort of quite sheepish and nervous when going to sex toy shop, right? Very much so. Do you sort of have to get it out of them? Uh, like, yeah. you show, cause I, so it's worth mentioning that there's a, a documentary on Channel 4 about you guys and on there called a very British sex shop available on Catch Up. <laughs> yeah, uh, I watched it last night. It's definitely on 4D. Um, yes, I uh, and what I liked about that is that you guys were really talking through each product with with people, and like it was sort of a lot more friendly than I think a lot of people would assume a sex toy shop is. You know. Yeah. So do you find that that it's sort of? Yeah, I mean we've been doing it for a long time, so the. Um you know, when we're showing people around and we're showing the room, we're showing them just the way that we've lay laid out the room. So we're not teaching anyone how to suck eggs. <laughs> wrong analogy there. <laughs> um, but we're not, we're not telling people how to use things. We're showing people around the sections and mm. actually somebody can stand there in complete silence and not say anything. Yeah. But we're just showing them a few things. Yeah. You know, I'm very aware that people, when, you know, the way, where people are in their sexiness mm -hmm. and how they're feeling in themselves or with their partner can change minute to minute, yeah. let alone daily, let alone throughout the whole thing. So, you know, at the beginning when I've got some new staff who come, they're like, oh my God, that person was so rude to me. They didn't even talk to me. I was like, you know, you don't know what morning they've had. They may yeah. have just had a huge argument. Mm -hmm. They might be going through a real difficult phase. They may have just split up with somebody. Right. You know, they may have had some really bad sex about an hour ago. Mm. And now you're talking about sex to them. They yeah, don't want to yeah. hear it. So you can't take things like that personally. But we just tell people and then they decide what they want to do. Yeah. But generally, it starts a conversation. We, you know, we make people feel at ease. Mm. Yeah. So what kind of... Um, vibe do you get from the majority of people that go into your shop these days like do you think more people are open to this sort of thing definitely yeah definitely have you seen a shift over the years definitely there has been a, a huge shift about uh, particularly in women coming forward saying what they do and don't want mm -hmm. and asking for what they want it doesn't mean that they weren't into it i think mm. people always were but i think people mm. being more uh, just yeah, just being able to say, do you know what? I I think I'd quite like to try this, or yeah. let's try it. And the the stigma of maybe being weird because mm. they want to try something or experiment with something has yeah. definitely gone. And women being more vocal is brilliant. And, mm. and uh, you know, there was definitely a shit. It, I noticed it when men started to come in with a shopping list that right. their partners had sent them in to get, uh, okay. their female partners. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, my wife has sent me to get in this thing. I've got to get nipple clamps and I've yeah. got to get a crop 
and I've got to get something to tie her up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and it was it was the younger generation that was more unusual because that was definitely something I hadn't seen before. Right. So people coming in when they're 18, 19, 20, which yeah. I think is quite young to be experimenting mm. in that way. Mm. Or it used to be anyway. Yeah. Um, and the older generation, so people in their 50s and 60s, you know, or couples who've mm. had grown-up kids who've gone just totally finding their kink with each other again. Mm, yeah. It's quite brilliant. Yeah, yeah that's really, really cool. Really good. So you must have a vague idea of, like, fashion trends in, like, what's popular, right? And what's what's been popular over the years. Yes, yeah. So, I mean... The, well, at the moment, a current trend in everything is CBD. Okay. And, um, I mean, unfortunately, it's also an area where the restrictions have constantly shifting. Yeah. So, for example, fairly recently, over the past couple of months, is that PayPal uh, will not accept any CBD-related products. Right. So, um, but CBD lubricants and things right. like that that also weren't legal in this country until recently yeah. are now being developed. So I think that's going to be a huge okay. thing. In fact, that's something I'm working on with a CBD producer in Brighton at right. the moment. That's cool. So I'd be quite excited. Yeah. But uh, definitely one of the bigger trends is the wand. You right. know, it used to be the rabbit that was yeah, the toy. Yeah. And now it's a wand, particularly mm. a brand called Doxy, which yeah. is an English-made one. Yeah, I've got a Doxy wand. Oh, can, can recommend. Yeah. <laughs> they're fab, aren't they? the best purchase I ever made. <laughs> it was really expensive. because I, It was my first sex toy as well. I never spent anything. And then when you go straight to like a Doxy wand, I was like, God, this is a lot of money, but it's worth every penny. So and literally the only sex toy you need, I think. Yeah, if you're going to yeah. have one, make it that one. Yeah. And, you know, it can be used therapeutically on your back, not just... Yeah, yeah it's a massager. Context. Yeah, I've definitely tried it as a massager once. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's cool. Um, but, yeah, are the trends... Well, I mean, you know, kink and the popularity of kink, or yeah. indeed the, the way that people are happy to express it, mm. is definitely on the rise, mm. you know. Cool. All right. So, yeah, I think people should definitely come and check out your shops then. Definitely. Right? Last.co.uk and taboo.co.uk, even if you can't make it down to Brighton. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably going to go there tomorrow, actually. Let's <laughs> go into last now. But then there's another facet of my business, mm. um, which is, so I own a dungeon. So I own mm. the Brighton Dungeon. And it's, so to anyone, to the layman, what does owning a dungeon mean? So it's, <laughs> It sounds like you've got slaves and prisoners in there. <laughs> I think there are slaves and prisoners there, but they're not mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're, yeah, they're temporary fixtures. You know, it's a horrible kink space. So yep. it's actually on booking.com. So okay. that's how straight, straight legs to this. Yeah. So it, Again with the puns. Straight laced. So you're good. Sucking eggs. Myself. You're good at this. <laughs> 15 years of experience. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's on booking.com. It's got five different areas. So there's a really luxury, opulent bedroom, mm. which is an escape from the, the rest of it. We have a dungeon space, which is, as you would expect, it's underground, quite raw, mm. quite cold, mm. with a cross, suspension points, mm. fucking machines, banking yeah. benches, all of that kind of thing. Glory holes, uh, a cell, and... Uh, a wet room as well as a fully functional medical room as mm-hmm. well. Fully functional medical room? Yes. What, what makes it fully functional? Uh, so we have a, 
I'd go in chair and various accessories that oh, okay, can be right. required for people who are more experienced. Yeah, right. So, gotcha. Okay, yeah. cool. I wonder what made it fully functional. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Real scalpels <laughs> everywhere and like uh, a mirrored ceiling. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Okay. So, what kind of people do you see like hiring that space out? Then is it for like parties, events, or? It's quite a small space, so yeah. I think events of some description do occur down there. I don't always have any contact with the people who hire right. it. <clears throat> it is available for session hire for a couple mm. of hours, a minimum couple of hours onwards as well as overnight stays. Right. So we have professional doms, yeah. professional masters, we have twosomes, threesomes, morsons that yeah. hire it and have a good old party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, we also have couples who just want to be in a different space as a way to set their fantasies and role play you know make it a bit juicier yeah as well as people who don't have a space or maybe they've got children mm. to have that kind of equipment at yeah. home so that's like a couple of hours go there live it out use everything yeah and, and then they can go back to the vanilla life yeah. <laughs> that's interesting that like the the couple of hour rental thing because that's something that so the uk don't do hotel rent by the hour and it's very common to find that in America. Um, so obviously for like for sex and hookups and stuff, you know, renting a hotel by the hour is, is quite is quite useful. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so it's interesting that you can do it at your dungeon then. That kind of probably fills a hole for a lot of people, I think. <laughs> I've got a sex podcast too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good at sex puns as well. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. So yeah. I, I can't want to check it out now. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun space. But yeah, like you say, it does definitely fill a gap <laughs> in the market. You know, in fact, it's funny you say that. My husband, Tim, who I, I do all of these product, projects mm. with, um, has wanted to open a love hotel for a really long time. Right, yeah. So a love hotel is that, right? It's yeah, and it, but you know, this um, this company does have some pretty rigid ideas about sex establishments and that involves licensing mm. and uh, prostitution isn't legal in this country, yeah. I think. It's a grey area. So, yeah. or definitely brothels aren't. Yeah. So you, you're kind of entering into all of that area really so it makes it quite difficult to do something like that here yeah so that's why this is a horrible space you know we yeah. are you know we've got an airbnb basically yeah yeah right cool um event stuff yeah so, so you do some events as well right yeah it's a spin-off of the brighton dungeons yeah. so we run bdsm rooms for various events so torch garden uh killing kittens mm-hmm. which are fantastic events definitely mm-hmm. check out if you haven't heard of them um and not always under the guise of bdsm because i think even that as a label sometimes can be quite off-putting so uh we actually did an event on friday for killing kittens so yeah. it's um at their mansion party in london mm. and we were running a curious room so it's just you know what we do is we provide furniture mm. and then we show people how to use it because again it's such a thing that I hear the whole time you know women are like oh god I don't know don't let him spank me he'll just do it too hard too far you know they they don't know how to play in that way together Mm. yet Mm. 
So we give them pointers and tips and show them, you know, the point of it about teasing. Yeah. It's not just whacking your partner as hard as possible. Right. Always, yeah. you know, yeah, sometimes yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> so is that something that happens during the event then? So yeah. like, okay, so they're at a kid and kids party and they go into your room and then you're there teaching them. Stuff, yeah, right? yeah. So we okay. show them how to do it or we can facilitate that for them. You know, for yeah. some people it's watching their partner having those kind of things done to them. Mm or being watched by their partner yeah. so that's what we do but yeah. yeah that's so really really fun and it's something that we found is really popular because um we're really friendly and outgoing and i think maybe slightly different to the normal people that would be running that kind of thing in normal mm. events mm. um but yeah so it's definitely we're in demand at the moment yeah yeah that's cool but really fun and really rewarding, you know, mm. really rewarding. Yeah. We also take other dominatrices with us sometimes right. as well. And um, yeah, the people are just like, oh, thank you so much. You know, I just tried something that I didn't know I was into and yeah. that was really good fun. And, yeah. you know, I was telling Tim last night, there was one couple in particular. I'm just like, I know that I have just made their sex life 100% yeah. better for both of them. Yeah, they're like, that's so good. You know, literally I could see their mind just go <laughs> open up completely. It's brilliant. That's brilliant, yeah. That's really cool. Okay, so what, real quick then, give us like a taster. If, if a couple were like interested in maybe trying like spanking, yeah. for example, how would you say they should ease into it? With lube. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> So, well, number one, people sometimes ask me what's the most, what's the best sex toy? Right. And I would say talking to each other. Communication uh, okay. is the number one thing. So if a couple want to try it, obviously they've maybe spoken about it mm. to each other. Mm. And if you haven't, definitely have. Mm. Yeah. You definitely need to do that. Um, you need to work out I mean, people talk about safe words. I think if you're communicating constantly, the whole time, is it's okay, do you enjoy that? Yeah. Do you want me to carry on? Mm. You know, you're asking, checking, consent. You, you know, if you're doing that the whole time, you don't need safe words. Mm. Um, or find a word which is your way of saying stop. Yeah. Or traffic lights is quite a good one as well. So, so traffic lights. Traffic lights, green, keep on going. Keep on going, loving it. Yeah. Orange, I'm reaching my edge. Maybe ease off a bit. Yeah. Red, time to stop. Now. Yeah, yeah. Need a cup of tea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so number one, communication and work that out and work out what the aim is. If it's something you haven't tried, you know, people that are into impact play for loads of different reasons. Some mm. people really enjoy pain, mm. but some people enjoy the endorphins that spanking can create so yeah. it's working that fine line um but i think i would say it's all about the teasing in between mm. you know if you're spanking somebody you are stroking them in between mm. you're caressing them you are kissing them you might be using a vibrator as well mm. and you are building up the spankings gradually with all of that in between yeah um and then you can't go wrong, I think. Okay, <laughs> nice. All right, cool. There you go, from the pro. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thanks for coming. My pleasure, um, thank you very much. Plug all your links again. Tell, them, tell everyone where they should need to go to find your stuff. So brightondungeon.com is where you'll find us online and that's the handles for all of our socials. Mm -hmm. Taboo Brighton, Taboo 
Taboo Brighton and Lost Brighton are handles for, for those shops. Taboo.uk and Lust.co.uk is where you'll find us online and Google us. We're in Brighton. Come and say hello mm. and come visit us. <laughs> Tell them I sent you, then I'll get some props, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that boy's gonna get in trouble someday. Honestly, darling, I love you and nothing will change you. I love you. Hey, Lucy. Hi, Jamie. So, you've come to talk to me about what you do mm-hmm. as a living? Yes. And I'm really excited to hear all about it. Awesome. <laughs> when you fill us in? Um, yes, yeah, so um, I'm a mm-hmm. sex intimacy and relationship coach and clinical sexologist. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever I tell people what my job is, usually they have like either rabbit in the headlights look or, mm-hmm. oh, <clears throat> that, that's interesting. <laughs> or, oh God, tell me more. Yeah. So yeah. it's always an interesting reaction. And sometimes I have to kind of choose my audience depending on how much emotional labor I want to do to try and maintain their comfort levels. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm not ashamed of what I do. I really love what I do. Mm. Cool. Okay, so um, who do you sort of primarily work with? I mean, I mostly work with women, um, yeah. but I also do work with some men and some couples as well. But um, as with any client, whether it's male, female, couples or whatever, I have to feel they're the, they're the right fit and I'm mm. the right fit for them because there's some things I can work with and some things I can't work mm. with. And that's why before I take on any clients, I have a call with them to see if we're going to be the right fit for each other. Yeah, okay. So what, what are the kinds of things that you tend to go for well it's really interesting because I think what I found my what I work really well with is women with low sexual desire or feeling Mm. low desire so that's kind of an umbrella term so basically they're usually in relationships I mean everyone who comes to me they're in relationship difficulty that's why they come to me or they're they're in some sort of sexual difficulty otherwise I wouldn't hire a sex coach Um, but the women who are usually experiencing low desire is often they're in relationships or marriages where the sex isn't working, they feel there's something really wrong with them, they've never really felt much desire, they feel really confused about what happens in their body, Mm. there might be past sexual trauma as well, Um, they've just always felt really awkward about it. And generally I tend to work really well with the women that have done kind of therapy work or personal development work already, Mm. because then it's much easier to kind of go quite deeply with them. Right. Um, I can't really work with someone if they have complex mental health concerns that aren't already being treated Mm. or have been treated in the past. I mean, I I do work with people with mental health concerns, but if they haven't had any treatment or therapy in the past or aren't in therapy, Mm. I can't work with that, so I'll refer them. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Right. Well, as a sex coach, there's limits to what I can and can't work with. And obviously, if I was to then train as a psychotherapist, I could work with complex mental health concerns. But it's being ethical about what the limits of what I can work with, and I have a huge referral network of amazing um, colleagues who I will refer them to um, and also you know when I work with men um, usually the issues are around like erectile difficulties or ejaculation mm. difficulties and presuming I mean I do have quite a good screening process <laughs> obviously if they try and sext me or send me dick pics or there's certain red flags I watch out for <laughs> then it's just like uh-uh, no sorry I'm not the person for you cool that red flag seems like an understatement <laughs> there's uh, dick pics I mean, well it's not just that not even dick pics but there's certain messages you watch out for like if they, yeah. if they send you messages on Facebook saying hey baby can you help me right mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Um, if they are repeatedly sending me DMs on my Instagram or Facebook no yeah if they are saying you know hey honey hey beautiful mm. no yeah um I once had one man years ago, a few years ago who somehow got hold of my Skype and just kept calling me saying I need to speak to you right now and I'm like no yeah 
Um, and apparently he's doing it to my colleagues as well because right. he was he was looking for erotic entertainment and there's there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. You need to be clear about that. Yeah. And I'm really kind of erotic entertainment friendly. You know. Yeah. I'm really sex worker friendly, um, porn friendly. Mm. But my rule is is that if you want erotic entertainment, you need to be really upfront about that and be willing to mm. pay for it. Mm. You can't go about it in kind of sneaky underhand ways. Mm. Really own that and say, I want to get off right now. Mm. I'm going to pay someone fairly to help me with that. Mm. That's my ethic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear a lot about that. Like a lot of librarians get that. Librarians? Yeah, yeah, apparently it's a big thing for librarians to get, um, like, people calling and while masturbating. Yeah, I mean, I did have that once, and mm. I, I knew something straight away something was off. And also, it doesn't just happen to sexuality professionals. It happens to counsellors and mm. therapists. It happens to doctors. It happens to so just many different kinds of professionals. And I understand because it's kind of it's kind of it's a fetish where you kind of get off on the taboo and mm. you get off on the fact that they don't know mm. and I, I understand that but then you really need to be working with someone so that you can still experience the thrill of it mm. but doing it in a consensual way yeah. so that you're not violating somebody else's boundaries mm. yeah definitely yeah so, so going back to so what you actually do then what can someone expect from like a, the first few sessions with you um, so when I the first thing I do is I usually have a twenty minute free consult, um, and then generally depending on if I feel they're the right fit, I'll either do an introductory session, or we will just go into working with each other for three months or six months. Generally, with women, I will work for three months to six months um, because you're not going to get really deep into what you're suffering with or experiencing mm. within a few sessions. I don't really do session by session because a lot of people say, how can I book a session with you? It's like, yeah, that's not really how I work. Right. Um, it's more of an ongoing sort of journey. It's an ongoing journey because, you know, I can, I, I do a lot of, I do events for free sometimes. I do talks for free. I give a lot of free content out. I have my free Facebook group for women. Mm. I give a lot of stuff out for free. Mm and there's a lot of information you have you're not really going to feel the full benefit just in one session alone mm. you'll, you'll get a lot of benefit but you're mm. not going to really experience the real healing you want mm. um any kind of sexual problem or concern it builds up over a period of time mm. so it's unrealistic to expect it to disappear in one go mm. that said with some people i will do an introductory session if i'm not 100 percent sure and i want to get a feel for if we really could work together whereas some people i know within the first 20 minutes um I always do an uh, in-depth sexual history form, so it's like an intake process where I take any medical history, mm. medication, um, especially around past messages around sexuality, or well, messages they received growing up, their past, um, sorry, their current sexual relationship situation, mm. what is concerning them, like what uh, is their self-pleasuring frequency, and if I, if it's a man or a woman, I'll tailor it slightly differently. So for women, I ask if there's any kind of uh, vulva pain or vaginal pain. Mm. A history of any reproductive or fertility stuff, so like miscarriage, abortion, fertility issues, yeah. and for men, I'll ask around erectile issues and if they have experience taking PEP or PrEP. Because mm. even if they say they're heterosexual, you know, there's sexuality is very fluid, and I yeah. need to make sure I'm being comprehensive. Mm. Um, and then, so everything I do is talk only, um, talk only, and fully clothed. But I do more than just talk. So. We do a lot of breathing exercises, we do mm. movement, we do different shaking, we do artwork, I give them a lot of homework, I give them resources. Shaking? Shaking, well, 
I, I, well, not shaking. Yes, shaking. It's like, <laughs> I get it's really it, it comes from many different modalities, but it's different kinds of movement. So it's using movement to kind of disrupt what's going on in their conscious mm. mind and to get more into their body. So we're not just sitting still for an hour and a half right. talking. I'll get okay. them to move around and do different movements or pelvic movements, mm. anything that helps them get into their body. Because a lot of my work is about helping them get out of their heads and mm. into their bodies. Because a lot of like, talk-only therapies and coaching, not all of them, I'm being very generic, but a lot of them is what we call a top-down approach. Mm. So it's very much just talking and talking rather than how can we get into the body and feel the body. Because I use a lot of elements from different somatic work um, and I'd love to do more training in that because it's mm. something I really, really love. Um, and um, I do have a lot of colleagues that do work with touch and body work. That's not what I offer, but mm. I will really happily refer clients to that if I think they need it. So what's that exactly? Um, there's different kinds of body work. So I know people who do like tantric massage or tantric, tantric um, work. Tantric massage, in its essence, isn't in its essence isn't actually about getting people off. It's about helping them feel their body, feel their pleasure potential, release any stuff in the body. I also have a lot of colleagues who do something called sex logical body work or somatic sex education, mm. where again that's working on the body. So sometimes it's genital work, sometimes it's just working to regulate the nervous system. It's it's a whole discipline within itself, mm. and it's not very well known, but. Sometimes there's only so much you can do fully clothed talking to a practitioner. Sometimes you need somebody actually working with you on the body. Right. Especially if it's around vulva pain or pelvic pain or mm. erectile issues. Um, to actually, some, for somebody to help you walk through. Um, so a lot of my, one thing is somatic sex, sex education is called like vulva mapping or genital mm. mapping. Where they'll di touch different parts of the genitals to see which parts feel numb, which mm. parts have sensation. Mm. And it, this is misconception it's about getting people off mm. it's not it's actually about rebuilding sensation and rebuilding or rewiring the neural pathways to be able to feel things again mm. because i know a lot of people think oh i can feel my cock i can feel my pussy mm. well no you probably can't feel everything mm. and most of us only really have contact with our genitals if we're like toileting or mm. menstruating or like masturbating or mm. having sex but we very rarely we don't really think to just touch the just vulva. Explore, yeah. Well, no, just to touch it, but without having any goal in mind. Mm. You know, just to have somebody actually cupping your genitals, or for mm. you to cup your own genitals and just send energy there mm. without trying to get anywhere. Mm. And it's really, really healing because it helps bring that connection back to your body and mm. to your genitals or to any other part of your body. It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of self-pleasuring. I give mm. my clients self-pleasuring homework. I think mm. it's awesome. But there's also ways we can make it better. Mm. And especially when we are self-pleasuring, you can get stuck into the same kind of routine. You know, we know what works. Do that, get <laughs> Bing, to the bang, end. Bosh, yeah. done. <laughs> um, but actually, there's a whole load of things we can do to increase our pleasure potential, mm. um, our felt sense, using breath, using kegels, like pelvic squeezes pelvic rocking, just using basic breath and touch. Mm. And that's something I can teach to my clients to do at home and other of my colleagues actually do it in a workshop or in person. Mm. And it just helps you reframe your relationship with your body and your sexuality. Mm. Um, I also want to say that the way I work as a sex coach is mm. kind of unique to me and that every sex coach has different ways of working. So um, obviously the people who did my training, we work a certain way mm. but then also even who did my training we have our own unique ways of working but there's other sex coaches out there that maybe did a different training or different modalities or come from a different perspective so they'll work in a completely different way as well wow. so 
there's no really one size fits all mm. for sex coaches and some sex coaches do work with touch and do work with nudity mm. and I really don't I really support that as well so mm. there's it's a huge range but one issue with sex coaching is that there's no kind of license licensure required mm. ever internationally mm. there's no not really any regulations so mm. you've got a lot of people calling themselves sex coaches without having a lot of training mm. without having like a really thorough grounding in you know ethics and boundaries right. and understanding psychology and human sexuality and that is a kind of a bugbear for me mm. is that i think some people do amazing amazing work but if you this there's a certain standard of training and awareness you need to have so for me i'm always doing cpd or personal professional development mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm going to conferences i'm doing little trainings i'm reading i'm listening to watching going to workshops, attending webinars, because it's really important for me to keep my skills fresh yeah, yeah. and to also learn new information. Mm. And I have a supervisor and I'm insured and I have a whole professional network. Mm. And that is how it should be. I think right. if you're working with people, especially with sexuality, mm. but in any kind of healing therapeutic context, there's certain things you have to do to make sure you're working ethically. Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. So where would people reach out to you for that? Um, obviously, I have my website, mm -hmm. um, so people can contact me through there. Um, I'm very active on social media as well, mm -hmm. so um, people do private message me. Um, and if I feel that they want to work with me, I'll just say, okay, send me an email. Mm -hmm. um, if I don't do long discussions via private messaging, because mm -hmm. people try and do that, and I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. Either you book in or you don't. Mm -hmm. um, and I also have my free Facebook group as well. Um, that people reach out to me um, and some people just come through word of mouth or they come from like they've seen me at talks I've spoken mm. at or workshops I've done and they get in contact that way mm. um, I'm on a few different directory listings um, some people refer to me so yeah lots of different places cool all right well yeah I'll chuck a bunch of links in the description awesome. people can check you out awesome all right that's all we have time for today thank you so much for listening it really really means a lot to me that you have gone out of your way to come and listen to me talk to people about their weird sex stories <laughs> um if you like what we're doing go check us a follow on let's talk about sex jamie on instagram uh tell your friends about us leave a review on itunes all that stuff that people with podcasts say at the end basically um yeah really means a lot that you listen and hope to see you next week love you bye